Hello everyone and welcome to Reliving the Extreme. Nate here with you. Before we get into this week's episode, which we will be discussing April 2nd, 1996, that edition of ECW-TV, which also includes the Chad Austin New Jack incident, which we will get into in depth with Chad this week on the show. I just want to start off this week with a little bit of housekeeping. Um, If you are a person that likes to listen to your podcasts on YouTube, I don't know if I've mentioned it to the extent that I should. The WNR Podcast Network, the network that, of course, this show is produced by, has a YouTube page, and I have been posting every episode of the show as we once I started the YouTube page, etc., etc. Anyway... The shows are going up on YouTube every single week. Just look for the WNR Podcast Network on YouTube, and they are there. And as time permits, I'm also going to backlog and go back and do all the other shows all the way back to episode one on YouTube as well, and the episodes of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. So it's work. I'm going to do it. Don't worry. But yeah, like I said, I just wanted to let you know, if you like to listen on YouTube, there it is, WNR Podcast Network on YouTube. Also, speaking of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, if you haven't listened to that show, our other wrestling show that actually predates Reliving the Extreme, check that out, the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Uh, Coming up in the next week or so, we are going to start going through the 1994 PWI 500. Last year, we went through the inaugural PWI 500 from 1991. From number 500 all the way through number one, discussing the wrestlers, our memories of the wrestlers, do we even know who the hell this guy at number 492 is, etc. It took us about nine episodes. It was a nine-episode series of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. You can go back and find that in our feed there. But yes, do search out the We Can't Wrestle podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And last but certainly not least... Not necessarily a member of our network, but a fantastic podcast, especially if you're an ECW uh, fan and enjoy discussing and hearing about ECW. Dave Dynasty, great friend of the show, actually a member of our We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame as well. He's been on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Dave is great. Dave does great historical historical uh, recaps through his Wrestling Nostalgia podcast. But if you're an ECW fan, I definitely recommend checking out This Is Extreme, the Dave Dynasty ECW podcast. He does something different than we do here. He does not do show recaps like we have been doing, going through show by show. What Dave does is he talks to the people involved in ECW. Uh, I loved I loved his interview with Matt Radico, getting into the early days of the production of ECW. A great interview with Chubby Dudley. Um, there's so many more. Check out This Is Extreme, the Dave Dynasty podcast, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We really enjoy Dave's show here. He's a great guy, a great historian, and a great friend. That being said, Now that I did the housekeeping that I wanted to do this week, we're going to dig into it. The episode of ECW from April 2nd, 1996. Here we go. Reliving the Extreme. Yep, this week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from April the 2nd, 1996. Nate Maxson here along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And newly relocated to a new territory, Mr. Chad Austin. Howdy, y'all. Who had the Knoxville territory? Was that part of Memphis? No, Cornette. Oh no, I, I guess I meant before that, even like during the actual territory the days. Fallers. Well, so the, I think it's yeah, Fallers. Yeah. 
because um back in back in it well yeah because the fullers had it whenever they wanted it but you know what i mean because it went through it went through hot and dry spells all the time because mm-hmm. it would always have uh, apparently it's kind of like an easy like an escape to get out of knoxville <laughs> you know what i mean if, if you're if you're a if you're a little bit shysty with the ticket sales, but yeah, it went through a lot of different. It went through a lot. Of, I think Joe Kazana was here at one time back in a you know back in like the seven, early seventies, whatever. But when I used to when I used to stay down here, come down here in the in the eight in eighty seven, my mom. Oh shit! Um, my mom lives like about two and a half miles from the uh, Knoxville Civic Coliseum Ballroom. Where they used to tape the uh, USA Championship Fullers, mm-hmm. Fullers champ, and I used to ride my ten speed down there, and um, you know a lot of times like after the show or whatever because she lived so close, I I take the same road they took back home, and where I had to turn to get into my street, there was always the gas station, so a lot of guys were going to the next town or stopping off at that gas station, so I had just seen them, like at the re- at the whatever I was, you know, I was probably fifteen, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I was right. still happy to see Bill Dundee. Oh my God, it's Bill Dundee! Why is why are you driving such a big car? You know he's he might, five he foot might, nothing, and he's kind of like a, you might see him driving around town in that uh, that Bill Dundee car that he has now. With like it's all painted purple and it's got his information on it, and it's like a driving uh, like he's driving around a billboard. I mean, I don't know if he still drives uh, it around, but I know he did a few years ago. Uh, and what's he advertising? And book Bill Dundee. You still working? <laughs> Probably. As far as I know, it has his address on it now, so he knows where to go back to because <laughs> he knows what to put in his GPS when he gets in the car. I don't know where I'm at, Daddy. He just takes a picture, a picture of the door, <laughs> and he sets it in his, and puts it in his GPS. Just put a picture up there. Can you get me to this spot? Cause trying to set my trying him. to set my GPS for my dad yesterday. Oh my god! I just said, look, I'll just put it on my phone. Cause it's Imagine you know he has a, you know, out of, I just got a building jumping out of his car and gliding to the ground. <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my dad's got a new fancy car that has all that technology in it. And I, you know, and I'm like, well, we're trying to use the navigation thing and. I'm like, uh, and then then it tells you you can't use it while you're driving. So I'm supposed to stop anytime I want to just find, you know what yeah, I mean? It's a goddamn point, yeah. Yeah, so I had to. I was trying to put it in my phone and shit. One 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 other thing before we get into this uh, ECW show. Did you guys see today that uh, <laughs> that John Laurinaitis is trying to way too late try to turn babyface? <laughs> It's like it's way too late to try to turn babyface, Johnny Ace. What did he do? Tell me, I don't know. He, he, he's now saying his lawyer is now saying that, along with the woman that that is suing Vince McMahon, that Johnny Ace says if you read through the the filings, John Laurinaitis is also a victim in this situation. It's like, dude, it's way too late for a babyface turn at this point. So he got pooped on too. Is that what he's saying? I, I don't know. I yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, dude, that story, man. I mean, like, literally, I had nine hours to in, in the car to listen to like ev- everything. You know, I got yeah. to hear like I got to hear like um, 
I got to hear three hours of busted open between Bubba and whatever, talk about it, Dreamer and talk about it. And then like, you know, then I get home and I start listening to Cornette. And I'm like, oh boy. And I'm like, he Cornette knows more than he's gonna tell you. I can tell you that. But he yeah. did talk, he did say some shit, but I mean he knows more. Mm-hmm. A deviant like I him. John, I don't think Johnny Ace is chained to no radiators watching this. He was yeah. Yeah, that's why I said that's why I made the baby face turn joke because yeah, it's way too right. late for that, pal. <laughs> but that story, uh, man, just keeps getting uglier. Yeah, it's like it just it just keep peeling back the fucking layers yeah. of the onion. Jesus Christ, Johnny Ace put that get mask on himself. And I, I'm saying <laughs> this. I have said I've said for years and years and years that although it was although living through it was insane and kind of fun. And I know financially it was it was a big boom success. But I've said for years that the Attitude Era, now that you don't live in it, when you go back and watch old wrestling, it's some of the toughest shit to watch. It's really not that good. And then now it's even worse to watch it because it's, you know, you, you think about Vince's personality and some of the stuff that they did on TV. And it's like, wow, this, I mean, I knew the guy was, you know, he's Vince. But now you look at that stuff, it's like, this is really bad and really uncomfortable to watch. But I'm just not shocked by any of it. I just don't understand why anybody else is. Right, exactly, exactly. And and I'm sure that once they, I don't know if they'll do it now, but once the network moves over to Netflix at the beginning of 2026, I don't think they'll erase Vince because you can't erase Vince. You can't do that. It's he's too integral to all the programming, like hosting Saturday Night's main event and all that stuff. But I promise you, any of those skits that he had that were like perverted, like the shit with Trish Stratus or any of that stuff, they're gonna scrub that shit. You won't you won't ever see it again. And I'm no big deal. I don't watch it anyway, but it'll be gone. That that just makes me all the more happier that I recorded all that stuff off of TV. That's why I've never gotten rid of a DVD. I've never gotten rid no. of a VHS. Nothing. I keep it all because they can take it away from you on streaming, but they can't take it away from me over here on my bookshelf. So, yep. You, I mean, you know, and, and uh, all this shit goes back to like the like the not like the nineties, like whatever with the Ring Boys and all that shit. You know. Yep. That's why. I, that's why I said like I can't believe that any of this is new to anybody. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it started out worse than it ended. Honestly, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm way more upset about you know sex with underage kids. You know what I mean? Right. Then whatever. I mean, they were grown adults. I don't know whether the rape shit was accurate or not. I don't know anything about that. I guess I guess when you when you're a victim or you claim you're a victim, you, that's all you can say is rape. And if you put hands in the oh shit, hey hey hey, back it off. Yeah. Well, this is uh this is gonna be an episode of ECW to discuss where we get to uh talk about a a moment in Chad's existence. We'll get to that in a minute. But first the show starts off here. Joey Styles is in the ring. And uh as Aaron calls him, Leather Lou Albano, Damian Kane <laughs> comes to the ring. And what Joey and Damian are kind of hyping here is um ECW TV going nationwide. And when they say that, I'm assuming this means that they were on the, they get, they made it to the nationwide sports channel at this point. But sports channel America. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think they were already on sunshine and they were on, um, I don't know if they were on MSG maybe, 
Well, they were but on think, sports. Yeah, they were on MSG. Like, it, and, and then they were in like Sports Channel Philly, and certain sports channels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was the first time. This was like when they went in whatever that was. It was it just Sports Channel America then at the time? Is that what it right. right. And that's why I always say the first shit, and it's coming up here very soon. Um, the first stuff I remember seeing of ECW as a kid was the um, Shane Douglas Pitbull angle with the halo and all that. And of course, we're going to get to it. But I'm sure that's why that's kind of the first stuff I remember seeing of ECW was because that was when it went nationwide. So we finally had it on TV here where we lived. Um, So yeah, this is definitely around that time. But yeah, we get a... Damian Kane cuts a promo about how he brought the bad crew into ECW and they let him down. Surprise, surprise. Uh, talks about how the headhunters, he brought the headhunters to ECW. But he's no longer going to be a, just a manager. He's also in the new nationwide ECW. He's going to make an impact as a wrestler as well. Yeah, what um, I, I, had, I had made a note, just wrote that he's over. But I was going to ask you, like, what kind of over is he? <laughs> over easy? Dude, it was it was like it was you could you could hear individual. I'll go fuck yourself, fuck you. you know what I mean, you could hear individual people yelling at him. You suck. <laughs> like it wasn't a big collective. Oh, boo, boo. I mean, it was nobody cared enough to boo him. It was just the people telling him how bad he sucked. I was like, man, he's over. I don't know. It wasn't leather pants this week. I don't know what kind of pants he was wearing. And it looked like he was like wearing lady boots. Like yeah. those were like dude cowboy boots. Those were like lady cowboy boots. It, I don't yeah, know. He was he was a specimen, man. See, it's funny because a lot of the people on this show I don't remember I don't remember them. Like, you know, I'm like I, I don't remember any of this, like these people being there. Because I know it was my last show, so I don't know how much was done, and you know, after it was taped and it was aired and post or whatever. Because I, I didn't see it until I had literally gotten to Tennessee, to mm-hmm. Memphis, like a couple days after it was like an air, like it, it was taped, like like on the weekend or whatever, and then it aired like that Tuesday or something. And I just happened to be get to Memphis when it was coming on, and I, I right. didn't know that the turnover was that fast. I figured it would be a couple weeks, but it was it was it was pretty quick. Yeah, I don't remember any people that are on this roster. I think Danny came might be Maddie in the house. Did that show that that aired? They just, just, you know, did something happen that they just redid the show? It just seemed all new to me. Yeah, I think uh, I also have a feeling that I also have a feeling that Damian Kane might be Maddie in the house's dad. Oof, you think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, what what was the I'm sure. I, I'm sure the only reason why he was being used anyway because it was licensed, right? I thought we talked about this before, either on a on an yeah. episode. Yes. Like because he had because I don't know what the deal was with Todd getting the license or whoever, but I think they were using um pretty much Damien's license for a while, and I guess it was in exchange for using a bad crew, so it didn't seem like they needed to use Damien Damien's license anymore coming up. They found some other, they found somebody else's license to use. Yeah, I know you definitely have mentioned that about the when we were talking about well, why is Damian Kane even here? It definitely had to do with the license. 
Well, we got to the bottom of that mystery. Well, Damian Kane essentially tells Joey Styles he's not he's not he's gonna he wants to be a wrestler now and he's not leaving the ring. He's doing the old I'm not leaving the ring till I get what I want deal. And uh then El Porto Ricano comes out. Yeah, hit the music. El Porto Ricano. I, I don't well, think he oh, actually no, wait. Before that, I have written down here, like, isn't it awkward that why is Damian Kane telling Joey Styles to hit Lady Alexandria? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Go ahead, hit her. He's tired of doing it himself. Well, the, the most the most honest line in the whole entire segment was Joey Styles saying, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leather Lou sucks. But, yeah, then the Puerto Rican comes out, and then he beats up the Puerto Rican which is what it is. And then he demands another challenger, and this challenger is Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, oh no, Mikey's here to save the day. Yeah. And Mikey hit Mikey hit the Mikey hit the um Mikey hit the you know played all the hits. So I guess that means the build match would have been what Puerto Ricano versus Mikey, right? That probably would have been better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have been that. Would, that was the match. Definitely would have been better. Yeah. Anybody versus anybody that wasn't Leather Lou Albano would have been better. <laughs> Leather Lou Albano, dude. <laughs> Good lord. I'd rather watch Mike Shaw and PN News than anything with Leather Lou Albano. Good lord. I just rather be blind. Bastion Booger versus PN News takes the oh. cake. No, they take the cake and eat the cake. But oh, they they would take the cake, all right. Any any other thing you could eat. But yeah, then we get we get the uh, the the win by Mikey. He beats Damian Kane. Nothing really to write home about here. It was just a a way to highlight Mikey, get him on the show, and of course get Damian Kane on the show because we probably still have a license issue here, but. Then Joey comes back and he talks about, he's going to set the stage for what we're about to talk about. It is um, talking about Stevie Richards getting attacked the night before by Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas. So the Blue Meanies tag team partner against the Gangstas is going to be Chad Austin. Don't go. And I actually have here really quick before we talk about this, because obviously Chad, we, Want to hear your first person, uh, your first person account of this uh, this incident? But let me get this set up here because I actually found it's only about a two minute clip, and it's actually you know to give credit where credit's due. Before I play it on the show, it's from a high spots shoot interview, and this is just about two minutes of Blue Meanie telling the story of New Jack and Chad. And Chad, I want to, I want you to listen to it so you can say whether or not he's full of shit, whether he isn't I've full of it. shit. Okay. Well, let's, let's play it for the listeners. And then uh, we'll let Chad respond on the other side. It was supposed to be me and Stevie against the gangsters at the ECW arena. Well, the night before, Stevie cracked his orbital bone wrestling Rob Van Dam in Redding, Pennsylvania. So he couldn't do it. So he's wearing a uh, he's wearing a baseball mat, a catcher's mat, 
So we go to introduce our newest protege, uh, lukewarm Chad Austin. So uh, Chad Austin, who uh, was, a, was a journeyman, independent guy. He'd been working in ECW, and he went down to the Smoky Mountain to do some stuff. Apparently, he got a lot of heat with New Jack and a guy named Bruiser Bedlam. Oh. You know, still in WWF as Johnny K. Hey, buddy. Hey, bro. Hey. That's my Bruiser Bedlam. folks. <laughs> You six way man? You six way man? Well, there had become there had, had come this thing where New Jack and Bruiser Bedlam had a bet who's going to fuck up Chad Austin first? Because Chad Austin went down to Smoky Mountain. Hey, I'm an easy agent for ECW. Hey, Chad Austin, oh, no. I'm an agent for ECW. Saying he's an agent for ECW. So he goes up to New Jack. Hey, uh, do you think he talked to Cornette? You know, get me a job. He's like. Well, you're an agent for ECW. Why should I have to do that? Well, long story short, me and Stevie and lukewarm Chad Austin come out. Before the match, I'm putting on my Daisy Dukes, my knee pad, my boots. Right. <clears throat> New Jack comes over and goes, Mini. <laughs> me and Staffa are working you and this boy, Chad Austin. Stay with Mustafa. <laughs> come near me. I'm going to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Stay with Mustafa. I went, wow. Yes, Mr. Jack. All right. So there's Blue Meanie's thing. <laughs> that's that's certainly one way of telling that story. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the outcome was still the same, but the, the way the way the way that it all got there. Like I don't know how I don't know how any of this came out. I don't know I don't know who where this came from. I don't know who made this up. Uh, you know I don't know I don't know any of it. Like when I when I first heard it, you know, years and years later, I'm thinking who would why how would I do that? Why would I? There's no chance, you know. And I don't even remember and um, you know I don't even remember meeting New Jack in like mm-hmm. Smoky Mountain. But I've never, I know you've told us stories before about um, knowing uh, Bruiser Bedlam, but you never I said anything dry, about, yeah, I was going to say, you never said anything about having any heat, like him having any heat with you at all. So I don't know where that yeah. came from either. I drove him. I drove him to um, a Smoky Mountain TV tape. And as, as a matter of fact, the only heat with him that I got was we were driving down a two lane interstate and there was a major accident. And traffic was backed up as far as you could see because it was like a hill, like a, a mountain. So you can go, you can see down the mountain, coming back up the mountain. It was all just stopped traffic. And we were like, you know, racing the clock anyway. And I didn't know what to do. And then Bruiser Bedlam, um, you know, I picked him up at the place in Smoky Mountain where everybody was staying at, the, the uh, apartment complex. And, and we were running late. And he's like, I said, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know what to do. And I'm sitting in traffic. He's like, drive on the side of the road. And I'm thinking like, drive on the side of the road. And after a while, he goes, drive on the side of the road or I'm going to kill you. And I didn't think anything of it. You know? Oh, yeah, I'm going to kill you. I didn't know that I was talking to Bruiser Bedlam, the murderer. <laughs> right. I mean, so no matter whether or not he was really going to kill me or wasn't going to kill me, I drove on the side of the road. And I, I got us to that place in North Carolina, um, you know, in time, not late, and all that nonsense. 
but any of that, I don't know. I mean, not, none of that stuff happened. None of those, I'm an agent, you know, none of that, not a goddamn, you know, mm-hmm. my, my way in my, my way into Smoky Mountain was, um, I had met, I was in Tennessee anyway, and I had went to a show probably in Johnson city, somewhere around Johnson city or something. And I, I ran into, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Was it Tom Anoe or something? One of the, one of Cornette's guys. And um, like at the end of the show, he was like, uh, like you know, uh, boxing up all the uh, PA equipment and stuff. And I, I literally just introduced myself as to who I was, and I was like, "Hey, man, listen, I'm staying with my mom. You know, I've been working for a while. Worked for ECW recently. I'm gonna be here for a, a little bit, whatever." And then he's the one that told me, like, hey, why don't you just, why don't you come to the TV tapings tomorrow? You know, they're in, but they're in, like, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that was a hike, even still, for me being in Knoxville. And then the next day, I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds cool. And then the next day, I don't know how it all happened, but I somehow coordinated with somebody. And I want to, I want to, I want to say it was D'Lo. Because I think D'Lo may have knew me from the East Coast. And uh, I was asked to like drive over to the apartment, you know, where they were all staying and we were all going to carpool, you know, we had like two or three cars. We were all going to like whatever. And I guess I drew, I guess I drew Bruiser Bedlam, <laughs> you know? And, but yeah, I, I then, um, all, and then we, nothing, I mean, not, nothing happened. <laughs> I say, all, all I met the guys and, and then it was like, all right, man, I'm going home. And I drove to, got, went to the town. So I was only working. Um, I mean, I don't even remember even meeting the new Jack even down there. Honestly, I don't. Like, you know, you know, I'm not. You know, I I'd, I'd love to see like where I was. Where does it, did he even say where I met him at down there? No, he didn't. No, he didn't elaborate. And I tried to find. I tried to find. Um, actually, the the way that I stumbled upon the blue meanie talking about it was I was trying to find any kind of a clip where new Jack would have said something about it in a shoot interview. And I couldn't find it. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to have new Jack's story and then your story, but I couldn't find new Jack's story. So I just went with, the... Oh, there is one. There is, there okay. is one. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I thought I'd seen it before, but I could not find it when I was looking through YouTube last night to try to find it. So I, I know, I know I've told this, I know I've told this before a hundred times and, and, and it hasn't changed. Um, I hear I, I've I've heard two or three different versions of uh, two or three different uh, incarnations of um, New Jack story, and one of them was um, one of them was I came up to him, and and I told him um, you know that I that that I wanted to do all this stuff, that I had all these spots planned, and uh, you know you know I and I want you know and I, and and when the the truth of the matter was. That's one of the things Meanie pretty much did get right. Like it's it said on the paper, it was like uh, gangsters versus um, Blue Meanie, Chad Austin, but it didn't say it didn't say anything on there about the, the whole Steve Austin or the Chad Austin Stone Cold thing. That's pretty much what it was. And then we were just going over it, and then it was the whole entire the whole entire um, the match went pretty much like Meanie said. It was New Jack said. We were standing there, all four, and he goes, uh, "Meanie, you go with Mustafa. Chad, you go with me. All right." 
there wasn't no we're gonna do hip toss or <laughs> reversal and we all just kind of like went back you know to do our damn thing because what, what are we gonna do go over what match right you know it wasn't anything to go over there was nothing to go over so i don't know like i, I you know meanie was that's pretty much what meanie said right that, yeah, isn't that what he said, like i mean Jack i mean said? He character he characterized it as the four. He didn't characterize it like the four of you were standing together, though. He characterized it like Jack told him off on the side on the down low to stay away from him. Even an ulterior motive of getting with you, like getting back at you for <laughs> falsifying being whatever. A, and 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 my only thing, with, my thing with uh, Meany on this thing is he tries to make himself sound like he he was some kind of veteran at this point. And it's like, he was not, you know, like he had only been working, what, a year, two years. Like He's like, oh, like, I don't know. It's just, like, he's like Chad yeah, Austin, a journeyman, a journeyman wrestler and an independent guy. It's like, well, what are you, Meanie? Yeah, Meanie were cool you know because I mean? like, <clears throat> before, before the Meanie character, um, we had met somewhere down you know, at, at a, we we kind of like ran into a, each other a couple times at like just random independent shows, like at, you know. But I guess both of us were like looking for work at the same time, and we're like just kind of like just driving around, whatever. So you know, and then when I got back to Baltimore, I ended up um, talking to the local guys in MCW back in the days of getting um, Meanie before he was the Blue Meanie on shows in Baltimore. Yeah. And and there is shows in Baltimore that I got him I got him on that this tape that he's not the blue meanie he's um whatever Brian Heffron I can't remember what his gimmick was but it wasn't the blue meanie but yeah I don't I mean maybe he was maybe uh, you know I don't know what yeah I'm like I said that's the whole entire conversation was, was uh, maybe you go with Mustafa Chad you stay with me that was the whole entire conversation from the beginning to end so do you know. Is there any, I mean, whether or not, whatever, well, you know, as far as any story about being in, in from Knoxville or any CW, was there any indication before you went into this match had anything ever happened or any conversation ever happened that you had, that you knew of that you had any heat with New Jack? Oh, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I even met him. <laughs> So he was just—he just, you know just, I mean? just got—he just got a hair up his ass that night and decided he was going to fuck somebody up, and it happened to be you. I mean, it could—I easily could have uh, met him, you know, when I was in in in, in town going. To, I only went to like one or two shows for Christ's sake. You know, it wasn't like I know I spent a lot of time here, right? But there's no chance I was coming to Smoky Mountain because I didn't know shit about um, the reality of Cornet and like Pauly. You know, I, I didn't know that like. The majority of that whole entire feud was a work, you know. For you know, I'm like a lot of people for decades. I thought they did hate each other. I didn't know. So all, all I was here to do was get a fucking hundred and fifty dollars. You know what I mean? I was here to just get a payoff because I was in town and there was a show going on. I didn't think right. I didn't think any of this was going to happen. <laughs> I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking at staying. You know, I wasn't staying. Maybe if a job would have been asked, but you know, here I am doing TV. So. It wasn't like I was getting a tryout or anything, so I was just I was just there, you know. Like I said, looking for a payday, and and I, I, I'd love to even goddamn know if, like I said, if New Jack was even in Knoxville when I was in Knoxville. 
if anybody can anybody can share that proof with it, where we met at the first time. Right. Look, as far as I know, that could have been the first time we met there. You know, but that's how the whole entire conversation went. Like where the heat went and where Meanie comes up with all this, all of it. It was Meanie, you go with Mustafa, Chad, you stay with me. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> like it, there was never any more. Like, what do you think me and Meanie are going to discuss the finish? Right. Wait a minute, Jack. I don't know about all this. <laughs> well, you know, who should take the finish? <laughs> you know what I mean? And plus, I didn't know I was, I didn't know, I had, I had my mom watching with me too, just a little while ago before the show. And I was like, I didn't know it was my last night there either. <laughs> they got one hell of fire in you there. Well, it's not like there's, there's not like there's a, uh, you know, structure to a fucking gangsters match anyway. <laughs> you know, it's not, we're not mapping out, we're not mapping out uh flare steamboat here. No. <laughs> we're going to walk around and hit each other with toasters and shit. I mean, it's not, there's no Corey, you know, there's no really, you don't have to lay it out. Maybe you're yeah, finished, I, but that's about I've it. I've been in the business. I've been in the business probably three years, three, three, three and a half years, whatever. I knew enough. I knew what a job my, a guy was. You know what I mean? I knew what a squash was. And I don't recall, uh, um, you know, I may have gotten a couple wins on TV or something, but I wasn't getting the push. You know what I mean? I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't in line for a world title match with Shane. Like nothing, nothing of mine in ECW uh, came until after I left and went to like work for like Smoky Mountain and like all the other other shit. And that's when like any of the angles started happening for me. Everything else was just I was I was Mikey before Mikey. Mm -hmm. Aaron, did you have any questions for Chad or anything else on the uh, New Jack Chad Austin uh, incident before we move on? I mean, we didn't really talk about the the match itself much. So the only other question I have is um, the end of it when he's really being super unprofessional with the chair. Was Mustafa actually trying to get you out of the ring? Uh, yeah, dude. And, yeah, um, I, I showed my mom, I was like, at all them chair shots, um, none of them hurt, but one, and it was the one where he caught me right on the side of my kneecap, like right mm -hmm. in that little crease. And that's when I grabbed my leg, like he caught me right there. Like none of them hurt. He was hitting me on the, on the, the calf or the thigh. You know what I mean? I was bent, you know, he was kind of, they were all decent chair shots. I'm not going to say it. He, he was malicious or nothing like that. But then I do remember um, Mustafa like kicking me or whatever. It was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and, but I'm thinking like, why? With what? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Like, am I am I really getting beat up and nobody told me? Did you? Did he? If you look at if you look at people's sensate because you know things are sensationalist on the internet. If you look at people's sensationalist things on the internet about this situation, they will have on there. New, you know, like the, the highlight of the clip or whatever will be New Jack breaks Chad Austin's leg. Right, right. Did he break your leg? Did you actually get an injury from this? Yeah, it, it was so severe that that was that was taped whatever that that week before, and I started working in the Memphis that following Tuesday night. That's how <laughs> severe bad, that injury pretty, was. Pretty bad injury, huh? <laughs> I mean, because I mean, by the by the time I got by the time I got to Memphis. And started and, and got in there and whatever. That that show had just aired. So I watched it in Memphis. Like mm -hmm. pretty much right after it happened. 
and you know, and I'm just like, and that when then when I heard when I heard at the end when Joey said, I don't think we'll see Chad Austin in ECW again. I'm like, no, I'm already in Memphis. Like I didn't I didn't know I was getting yeah. fired. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, like, I was just leaving like, anyway. Chad's like walking in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, I had I had no idea. I mean, I I, I was leaving anyway. You know, I, mm. I mean, I wasn't an employee. You know. I wasn't Sabu or Taz or anybody like that where I was a necessity to have one. I wasn't a Dudley, you know? So it wasn't like I was a necessity on the show. I was just, I figured I wanted to go, I wanted to go wrestle. Um, My whole mentality was I wanted to go do a, a, a circuit, a territory before they finally died. That was my whole thing. Like I always wanted to work a territory. And when I got, when I got invited, where I got booked by Bert and I was heading, all I had to do was get down there. You know, I was like, dude, I can't, I'd love it. He's like, I can give you like five, sometimes six days a week. Or, you know, sometimes even seven days a week. And I'm thinking, that's all I want. You know, that's all I want to do is I want to, I want to work. I want to work. I want to drive on the road. I want to hang out. You know, I'm going to meet rats. I want to, you know, that's, that's all I wanted to do. And that's why I saved up. I saved up 10 grand to, to move down there because I knew I was going to start. Right. I knew. I knew Bert was Bert promised me somewhere he said like somewhere around forty bucks a night when Memphis was paying. So I knew I ain't gonna live off forty dollars a night. So I saved right. up ten grand and moved down there. And I, I knew when that money's gone because my truck was paid for. I bought cash for it, and I was like, when and I and um I said when this when this is uh when this money's gone, that's it. I'm I'm gone. Whether you know whether or not it's you know because it, I wasn't gonna get rich being there, right. It's more about the experience. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I mean, I, I it sucks. It, it kind of sucks that I got I get more notoriety notoriety out of getting beat up. You know what I mean? <laughs> than, than anything else. And I'm like, I really didn't get beat up. You know, it just it looked. I mean, that one chair shot hurt. Mm-hmm. It did. I mean, it didn't kill me, but I mean, it caught me in a bad spot. You know, but everything else he did was totally safe. Even that it, the finish where he. Off the top rope with the chair, none of that hurt, you know. Well, there you go, all you dweebs out there on the internet that believe everything you read <laughs> and everything you see in a shoot interview. There's the true story. I mean, that's I'm just saying that's my story. That, apparently, yeah. meanings defer. Go ask New well, Jack for, what his side. Well, you know what? For the for the purposes of our fucking podcast, that's the true story. <laughs> that, is, that is the true story, and it's not even anything that glorious. <laughs> Except for the whole me being an agent for ECW. I don't even know what that even was. I'm an agent. It's, pro- it's it's probably one of those things where, you know, it's it's telegram, telephone, telewrestler, whatever. You know, you said you said that when you got there, whoever the guy you were that you talked to said you told him, you know, hey, I'm I'm wrestler. I've I've worked a little bit for ECW. That guy probably spun I worked for ECW into I'm a representative of ECW and you know gets somebody else worked up and somebody else worked up and yeah. And I have my business Meanie, card when, as an ECW rep. With Meany, it's Talent. more like telephone. With Meany, it's more like telephone, telegram, teletubby. <laughs> oh, good night. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love I'd, I'd love how Meany was there. I mean, I mean, I don't know what, what Meany really believed, but it could. It, 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 I wish it was more glam. I wish it was that story. 
it would have been great if it was if it was meaning if it was the way that you know, and meaning wasn't really that far off. You know, he was closer to the story than any than any of the stuff that anybody else I've heard talk about it. Right. Ain't nobody going to hear Mustafa talk about it, or if, if he did talk about it, it wasn't going to understand what he said anyway. And I've heard New Jack say it a million times about I know I, I everything I always heard was I that, that I, I always heard was I never really heard of talent scout stuff till later on or ECW rep, whatever. I always heard that I, I came to him with a bunch of ideas of stuff that I wanted to do in the match. That's what I thought it was over. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even none of that even was was even right. So, I mean, whatever your heat is, at least get it accurate. I don't well, care. Just, it's over. just so everybody knows, our our uh, our um, our promotions department reached out to New Jack for comment, and he was not available for comment. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. Well, after the match, New Jack cuts a promo, essentially on uh, he, he, talking about coming to ECW, and they're looking for, they're looking for the titles that the Eliminators have. So they essentially call out the Eliminators, do the Gangstas, and then we have the Eliminators in a match against a team built as the Dark Riders, and the guy that I wrote down here. Because I've always, like, because I know the first time I saw Billy Black was when I was a kid, and I know we've talked about it in the past on the show, when I was a kid and I I watched Global on ESPN. I remember Billy Black from that, and then as the years progressed and the years went on, and I started learning as I grew up about wrestling, you know, et cetera, et cetera, I knew he was kind of a big deal in Georgia, and actually kind of had a, a big following for a hot minute in Japan, all Japan for Baba. Yeah, and I just always yeah. wondered. I don't. What happened? What happened with him? Like, did he just well, decide he, he didn't was, want to wrestle the, anymore? Or? He was the. I think he was the guy that Cornette said was like a local guy and didn't want to branch out more than what he did, because if you remember, they brought him in to Smoky Mountain, and it was him and um, that what is it, Joel Deaton or whatever, and they were the Wild Bunch. They were a good yeah. fucking tag team, and they were in Japan together, and like I, said, I think he was. Or it was probably the Deaton guy that was more of a homebody. Now I think of it, or he wouldn't have been in ECW too. But like that was just in yeah, my well, notes. Well, Deaton, I was like, that well, Deaton worked. Deaton worked Japan a lot more. He worked there a lot. Um, he 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 clearly would have gotten Billy Black the job there, because mm-hmm. I I got tapes of um I got tapes of like Joel Deaton there from like ninety one. Before, I before I even, I, know. I, I didn't even see, I didn't even see North Georgia until about '94, anyway. So I mm-hmm. didn't even know who Billy Black was until like around '93, where I may have saw him. I know I saw, I have a couple of matches with him and Stan Hansen and stuff that were brutal. I just know I heard. Of, I can't remember what. I can't remember what podcast mm-hmm. it was, but Cornette said one of them was like lived up in the mountains and just wanted to stay up there and. Shit like that, and that's why they didn't. That wild bunch didn't really take off in Smoky Mountain because he had big plans for him because he liked them. And like I said, everything I've seen them, they were a good fucking team. And you look at those two guys, and you don't think they're gonna be nothing, and they fucking work. And you're like, God damn, they were like doing like dynamite kid type shit. Like, yeah, it was. They were really impressive. Billy Black, Billy Black was really good. Who was the guy who was his partner? Is that um, is that who I think it is? I don't know. To be honest with you, I wrote down Dark Riders and then I put in parentheses, ask about Billy Black, because like I said, I remember him, but I don't know who the other guy was. 
the other guy they called him what his name stash yeah they 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 called him stash or something no they they called him the stud oh the stud okay like i don't think he had a mustache (laughs) but i thought he looked like that dude that became like buchanan or whatever oh bull buchanan yeah, that's who I thought that he lo- he looked a lot like, and I was wondering if that was him. I was like, oh, that guy, he, he looks like him, but I'm thinking it like could I don't, be. I don't it, know the time it could, frame. It could be because um, by I think it's '96 or early '97 is when they start doing the Truth Commission thing in Memphis that winds up on WWF TV in '97, and he yeah. was part of the Truth Commission. So yeah, I mean, you you could be right. That could be him. That's who I thought it was. But I, I always thought Billy Black was good. I, I knew Billy Black from, uh, you know, now that I, I don't remember meeting him there. But yeah, I'd be in there. I would have, I know damn well if I would have been there and, and I would have saw him and ran into him. I would have talked his ear off about all Japan. You know, not even, mm-hmm. not, not trying to get me a job there. <laughs> not saying you're an agent. <laughs> you're not an agent. Yeah. I'm at an ECW show or whatever. And I'm trying, I'm telling him I'm an agent for all Japan. <laughs> Yeah, but I would have I would have talked his ear off about Stan Hansen and, and and all Japan. Yeah, but I don't remember meeting him. I don't remember meeting Stash or whatever you called him. <laughs> um, spoiler alert: Chad is correct. I just looked it up. Barry Buchanan. That was that was Barry Bu- that was Barry Buchanan. There you go, oh, folks. Shit. Old Buchanan wrestled the <laughs> Well, after the beat all the brain cells out of me. After the Eliminators uh, win their match against these Dark Riders, they respond to the challenge of the gangsters. The gangsters come out, and then I just wrote down crazy brawl ensues. And then, um, and unless you guys have any specific, I did like the fact that they interspersed actual cam footage with fan cam footage. That was a cool approach to the brawl um, between the Eliminators and the gangsters. From a television production standpoint, I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I, I noticed it, too, because I don't remember it. Like I said, I don't remember the show. I, I remember seeing it when I got to Memphis. But, yeah, when I rewatched it, I was like, it all looked like it was redone. You know? I was like, damn, they added, like, the fan cam footage. You got, like, some promos and shit that I don't remember and shit. I was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, like, I don't know what, what got up, up their ass about, like, you know, putting together TV shows. But, yeah, it was a, you know, everything started to come together, like, as far as, a, like, a real TV show. Right. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's the we're on national TV now, so it's time to, you know, step up our game a little bit. And I mean, obviously, we've been seeing as the years go on, as we watch the show from month to month, year to year, it gets better and better. But definitely this week was a, a step in the right direction. Uh, Aaron, do you have it before we get to, of course, at the end of this New Jack, the, the Eliminators take New Jack between two pieces of table and then give him a a, a total elimination. Aaron, your notes on this segment? Uh, it was just a big brawl, and I thought that table thing was stupid. Like, <laughs> I didn't really like it. Like, New Jack's just going to stand there while they tape these tables together, and then it looked dumb, and it's like, I didn't like it. I just thought it was like, it was cornball, and it's, it's the same. Like, people talk about now how wrestlers stand there and wait for a wrestler to jump at them. It's like, he stood there while they put these two tables up and then 
got the Scott got the tape and then did this like god damn this was dumb well and I'm I sure thought. it was pre- and then it, sure didn't it, even, was... it didn't even look good like this well, I was the, gonna say the... to to your point it was probably awkward when they were doing it anyway because you notice they didn't they didn't show them doing it on TV you just you, you know like they showed Mustafa outside the ring and all of a sudden they flash to the ring and the taping of the table thing is already done. So, you know, in, in the arena, while it was happening, it was probably an awkward, like 45 seconds or whatever. That... Well, they had to find the tape. <laughs> Where'd the tape come from? It was just dumb. Yeah. They made the same, they made the sandwich thing of them. Like, I, I guess the whole, I guess the point was for the table to break, but that would have been it. You think? Maybe. And it, I mean, that would have been cool. broke. If it would have broke, maybe it would have been cool or cooler looking. But just the whole payoff of it was just lame. Yeah, it wasn't good. And then uh, after that, they show footage of of New Jack getting stretchered out of the uh, 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 ringside area. Joey Styles does a good job after after the angle about hyping up that you know what we just watched is just showed that the ante has been upped by these two teams and the violence quotient has been uh, upped in ECW. I thought that was cool because I mean Joey everything Joey does is perfect but I wonder I wonder where they put New Jack in proximity to me in the locker room when they stretched him out. Like where where was I still stretched her out to? Um, was I laying on you know what I mean? A, a stack of tables in the back, and then all of a sudden they stretch a new jack out. And they put up next to me. I want to yeah, know you where were, he was. You were you were already in the car with your Rand McNally nap or map, uh, charting your course to Memphis, Tennessee. Pro- pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, then we get Joey back on screen talking about the Raven situation with his foot. Um. And that he's going to have to have surgery. They kind of recap the Shane Douglas, Brian Pillman thing, where essentially the, the story here is Brian Pillman needs to get in the ring and wrestle Shane Douglas, or he doesn't get to be on ECW TV. But they have a caveat. They have their thing where they can still have him on TV because he's paid for TV time. So if, he, if we have any TV time, just like any other, I love how they, they, how Joey turned Pillman's quote unquote attorneys or whatever, paying for TV time into an opportunity to advertise for advertisers. If you yeah. would also like to advertise on ECW, Brian Pillman's advertising here, but if ibuprofen, if you would like to, if bear, if you would like to advertise on ECW, please do contact us. Yeah. I thought that was fun. <laughs> it's too bad. They didn't have the number below. Please respond to the number <laughs> below the hotline. <laughs> Are you, and he brings you... up the people, and then he brings up that people are curious about the health updates of Dances with Dudley, and I was like, no, no, we're not. We Nobody didn't know cares. he was gone. <laughs> why? How? Why was he gone anyway? New Jack. <laughs> oh, was, he a, was he a victim? I don't think we ever see him again. To be honest with you, <laughs> no, nah, he was a go- Florida guy. I think he's gone, gone at this point. Yeah, he was a disposable Dudley that just came up from Florida. The next match on the show, speaking of the Dudleys, is Taz versus Bubba Dudley. Um, We get, um, essentially at the beginning, of course, we get some hijinks from the Dudleys. 
Um, then uh, Fonzie and Taz come out. Fonzie screams something into the microphone. And then he uh, he then proceeds to berate Bubba Dudley, who takes the microphone from him and uh, cuts a promo on on uh, what did he what did he say, Aaron? Did you write it down? What Something Bubba about said nobody gives people. a rat's ass. Yeah, he's like nobody gives a shit who you are, basically, because because Bill Alfonso did the I'm Bill Bill Bill, and Bubba took the mic from him and. Basically told him nobody gives a shit who he is. Nobody wants him there. And then and, Taz uh, smacks the shit out of Bubba. Yeah, Taz smacks Bubba. Um, and Bubba says, let's wrestle. Yes, yes. That's what he says. Let's wrestle. Okay. And they do. And uh, Bubba misses a splash off the top rope. Taz plex, Taz mission. Bubba taps out. And then we get a post-match thing with um, Big Dick Dudley with the crutch to Taz, breaking the, the crutch over his back. Um, Fonzie gets in, gets pressed up by Dick. <laughs> Sounded funny. Um, <laughs> Taz, Taz clips uh, Big Dick Dudley's knee, puts a submission hold on him. And uh, so essentially, this is just more building of, of Taz. And, and that's good. That's a good thing. You know, they're building his character. You know, this is the... The big badass Dick, big Dick Dudley, and Taz is the first guy that's kind of put him on his ass and put him on his back and has him in a submission hold. So I, it was effective. Uh, I would have loved to see Bubba versus Taz, <laughs> like the real match. Right. Yeah. More than like four, like more than two and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that to me would have been good. I thought Bubba was good I enough. Know, then. I don't know if I'm the only one seeing it, but have, have you guys noticed that like every week they do more and more to make Bubba not as goofy? Have you yeah. noticed that? Well, and we're about to get to yes, and I think it's I think there's the at some point the crowd starts turning on him, even though it's the ECW crowd. So this is what they do, even though the crowd is the ones that built him up. At at a certain point, they start turning on him too, and I think maybe that's because you know you're going to get to that point. What is it? Ah, uh, it's sometime in '96 where you have like the big you know, uh, die Bubba die or something sign out in the crowd, and they start turning Bubba into a more of a heel character instead of a, a baby face because the the ECW crowd built him up and then they turned on him at some point. But I wonder if I had anything I know, to do with like. If um like Bubba, like you know, I guess maybe staying at the hotels and stuff and meet more of the fans and you know, becoming you know what I mean? He wasn't mm -hmm. just somebody that nobody knew, you know. Right. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Just not saying he did anything wrong. That it just became like, oh, it's just Bubba, you know, or however the fans took it and just like, oh, he doesn't really stutter or none of that shit, and then I fuck him kind of thing. I wonder if any right. of that had to do with it. I can see it. I don't know, but no, you're right, Aaron. Every every single week, he gets a, he gets a, they add a little more serious layer to his character instead of him just being a goof. So now we're gonna kind of move into the end of the show with the Pulp Fiction stuff. So I will kind of run down what I've got in my notes here, and then you guys can. 
rundown what you got. That's the I think that's the best way to do pulp fiction because it all moves so fast and everything that so what I have down in here is some guy from the Rangers. I don't know who he is, never heard of him in my life. Does a thing with Tommy Dreamer. There's the stuff with the doctor and talking about Raven's foot with Blue Meanie. Dr. Mark Allen. Yeah, Mark Allen. The famous foot doctor. He's the doctor that ran out at the end of uh, ECW, barely legal. He's involved ECW's in resident doctor, Mark Allen, and nobody, I don't know him. I never saw him. I don't know where they got him. He, post-production doctor. He's ECW's Francois Petit. Yeah. Um, Dr. Vinny Boombox. <laughs> we have a <laughs> we have a uh, Taz and Fonzie promo. Um, Pitbull's promo on the Eliminators. Sandman and uh, Missy Hyatt. Well, I put Sandman and Missy Hyatt's tits cut a promo. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Red and white. There's uh, Meanie doing weird stuff about feet with a Meanie doll. Yeah. Promo written by Tony Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean you don't lick your man feet? <laughs> and the Eliminators cut a promo on the Gangsters. And then Shane Douglas cutting a promo on Raven and winning the title from him. And I actually like Shane's promo because I like the fact that his promo was essentially you people can hate my fucking stinking guts. You can hate everything I stand for. You can hate everything I am. You can boo me. You can throw shit at me. But just give me some time to get the title off of Raven. Don't we all want that at least? I just like I liked the premise of his promo. Like, don't, are we all at least united that you want somebody, even if it's me, to get that title off of Raven? And then after that, you can shit on me all you want. I don't care. Just keep off my ass for two months and let me do my yes. job. <laughs> yeah, get off my ass for a couple of months. Let me do my job. And then you can get back on my ass again. Then yeah. you can go fuck yourself and I can go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I really liked the premise of that promo. I really did. Yeah, it was good. Uh, that was a pretty good Pulp Fiction mont- montage. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty decent. I mean, one one thing that I wanted to say, like before we got to that spot, was after all the Dudleys got all beat up, I had wrote down like that it, it looked like a Woodstock parking lot. Like it was like <laughs> people with tie dyes just like passed out all over the place. But yeah, I love that. That was one of the, in my opinion, that was one of the better Pulp Fiction um, montages. Oh, uh, one other thing I wrote down about it. Um, there's a JT Smith promo in there, but I don't know if it's just because of his mush mouth or I wasn't listening right or what, but who was he cutting his promo on? Hack Myers. Okay. I, 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 knew don't think it was, I don't think it was Hack Myers. I, all I heard was... It was. <laughs> it they on Hack Myers. The only thing I got out of it was his shirt. Was uh he was wearing an ECW hardcore Japan shirt. Yeah, he was like, he what? cut the promo on hack he cut the promo on Hack Myers and he did the whole Italian guys like insult everything about you and then be like, No offense though, no offense. 
Like he's like the only thing I know about you, Hank, is your. <laughs> he has a good line because the only thing I know about you, Hank, is your mom dresses you funny. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know it was about half. I, but I heard. Yeah, I didn't line. either. Yeah, right. When he first started the promo, all I heard was blah, 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 blah. and then he oh. went into the promo, and I was like, I don't know who's cutting this promo on, and I'm not going to rewind it to fucking Aaron will know. <laughs> I've, so. I've learned to decipher JT. <laughs> I lost Sal, so I'm like, I got to pay attention to JT now. Maybe I'll just start <laughs> writing down his promos. I'll just read them to you guys. You're gonna have JT Smith promos on your gravestone. Here lies Here lies Aaron Here lies Aaron He doesn't know much about you But he knows your mama dresses you funny You got, you got one hell of an electronic layaway plan Rabbit dude Rabbit I didn't get a, I didn't get a harumph out of that guy over there Alright folks Chad Any parting words for Or actually What did you think of this show I mean I know you were on it And it's the big Chad Austin New Jack incident But what was your uh, score on this this week's show pretty solid show i mean it it, it kind of it kind of like you know it just imagine how it would have started out if the ecw show would have been formatted the way it's supposed to be formatted it would have had uh el porto Ricano versus mikey as <laughs> like an opening match <laughs> you know what i mean and like the show would have built to like a regular show but like the wheels fell off <laughs> and then all hell broke loose <laughs> you know what i mean and then it became a good show it was like yeah just imagine what would have, what would have happened if none of that shit would have happened. Would it have been a good show? Yeah. <laughs> if, if I wouldn't have got beat up. I was gonna say, if Stevie doesn't get hurt, the new Jack thing never happens with you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing of what 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 happened out of uh you know just out of happenstance. If a it's bunch just, of shit, if a bunch of shit happening that nobody expects results in a great show. WrestleMania 40 is going to be fucking amazing <laughs> because yeah. as we're headed toward WrestleMania 40, there is a new detour every 15 seconds. So Katie is going to be there. <laughs> Aaron, what did you think of this week's ECW? That was decent. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought the fucking Damian Kane shit went way too long, but other than that, I, I enjoyed it. I would have rather seen more of Taz versus Bubba than more of and then less of Damian Kane and anybody. We're we're pretty much done with Damian Kane, right? Oh, gotta be so. (laughs) Bad crew's gone. Headhunters are gone. There's no reason to have him around in any way, shape. Now it's just now it's just him (laughs) and his whore, Lady Alexandria. Well, that being said, everybody, I have to go to the bathroom. So we're going to sign off this week on the Reliving the Extreme podcast. Aaron, Chad, thank you for joining me. Everybody check us out on social media at the WNR Podcast Network and on YouTube. And look, look me up on all social media platforms. You can find me under Chad Austin, Chad Demira. Yes. Say, Hi, New Jack. How you doing, buddy? I think he's got a wife by there. You don't think so? I'm sure he's not paying for it anyway. <laughs> we'll, see. Up. we'll see you next weekend.